Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. Here we talk all things food freedom, fitness, and life transformation, helping you heal your relationship to food, exercise, your body, and yourself. We are pulling another episode from the archives. This one aired early last year, and it is all about how you can learn to manage and navigate your cravings and your urges around food without having to rely on willpower. So you'll know that you are using willpower when it feels like you are essentially just kind of white knuckling around specific foods, or you're just trying to avoid or resist the urge to eat something or to drink something. And we know that this is exhausting. It doesn't last for a long time. And we ultimately end up kind of caving to that eventually. And so what I want to offer you today are some strategies, of course, utilizing the non-diet approach to help you navigate those urges and those cravings without feeling like you are constantly in a food fight or a battle with yourself. And we know that nobody wants to live their life that way. So let's go ahead and get into that episode. Make sure you listen all the way through. Listen a couple times if you need to. Find that one thing that you can take away from this episode and put it into practice. So here you go. Enjoy. Today, I want to talk to you about conquering food cravings. Now, this is for sure something that I've had lots of practice doing for myself personally, but also it is probably one of the most common things that I see my own clients struggling with. And I'm guessing you have probably struggled with this too, at least at some point. And you might be thinking like, oh, maybe it's not really food, but maybe it's compulsively checking your phone or checking social media, or maybe it's drinking or something like that. So whatever that thing is for you that you feel like I just have this craving or I just have this urge and you're not really sure how to kind of work through it or overcome it, you can just insert whatever it is that I'm talking about for that thing that maybe you are struggling with yourself. So a little bit of a backstory here. I feel like I've been talking about this a lot lately, actually, on social media. I was just looking through some uh, content that I had created and it turns out that this analogy or this story has really been on my mind lately. So I'm getting a little bit of a chuckle out of that. So anyway, I would say that for me, chips used to be my kryptonite. In fact, it was actually the Cheetos. But really, it was like any chip, like I would open the bag, I would sit down, and I could just like mindlessly eat the chips, handful after handful, and just kind of go to town on the chips until they were gone. And I can't remember if it was Lay's or Pringles that used to have that that logo or that slogan where it was like, once you pop, you can't stop. That was really how it was for me. It was like, there was just no stopping. And for me, what I realized is that it really came down to this mindless eating, right? Whereas like the chip was just so easy to grab from the bag and put it in my mouth and I could do it without thinking. And before I knew it, the entire bag or almost the entire bag would be gone. So whether you find yourself with this insatiable sweet tooth, or maybe you would say that you have more like a mouthful of sweet teeth, which I feel like that's a little bit like my son. He just turned 10 and Kellen is just all about the sweets. I mean, he could just eat sweets all the time. Or maybe you find yourself as more of like a salty girl and you like all of the things that are salty, kind of that crispy. I just want to let you know that whether it's the salty or the sweet, You can learn to conquer your cravings instead of them conquering you. 
I know how frustrating and how just kind of discouraging it can be to feel like, oh my gosh, you know, like I did it again, or that craving or that food kind of has this power over me. And it can just feel so heavy and so hard. And so I want to let you know that there is hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. But just to kind of clear the air, I don't think that cravings in and of themselves are a bad thing. And I don't really feel like it's something that we have to fear or totally avoid altogether, which this is something that I really see. It's like, you know, we have the diet culture and kind of the diet mentality where it's like, you know, just use your willpower, just avoid it at all costs. And then I think sometimes the messaging kind of in um, sort of the non-diet space or the intuitive eating space, it's like, man, if you get the craving, just satisfy it, just eat the craving. And I'm not really sure that I completely buy into it being one of those extremes. I feel like it's kind of this balance, right? This sort of this nuanced practice of you really kind of figuring out for yourself, like, okay, why are you having the craving? What, you know, is there maybe something mentally or emotionally that's kind of happening sort of underneath the surface and the way that that's showing up for you is by, you know, eating the sweet food or going for the snack or something and and satisfying that craving? Or is it really like, hey, this just sounds really good and I'm going to have a little bit and then I'm going to, you know, satisfy that craving and then I'm going to move on. So, I don't want to say that it's either or, or that both of those are always bad, or that one is right and one is wrong. It really is more just about kind of knowing where you're at in your own personal journey, and then figuring out maybe what the next best step is for you. So as always, I really want to empower you around food or around drink or whatever the thing is that you're struggling, whatever that craving hits, I want you to feel empowered. And like you have the ability to kind of overcome or conquer this from a place that really leaves you feeling better off and not depleted because you're just using willpower, but also not feeling like if you're setting goals or if you're setting boundaries for yourself, that you're not also honoring maybe what's best for you and the thing that's really in line with something that you're working towards. So again, I think it really does just come come back to really knowing yourself and where you're at in your journey and where your own particular growth is. So I really want you to walk away feeling like you're satisfying a craving because it's what you're actually wanting to be doing in that moment rather than it being this really out of control, out of body experience around food or drink or whatever that is. And I want you to do this all without relying on your willpower, because we know that in the long term, willpower alone doesn't work, right? There has to be kind of this um, mindful approach to it as well, right? And and one of the things that I always, or not always, but that I often use with some of my clients is really thinking about if you were a parent, right? Maybe you're, maybe you are a parent. So this is going to be super relatable, but maybe you're not. And you want to think about kind of being that loving, compassionate parent for yourself. So if your kid is, you know, wanting something, right. And you're, you're like, oh, I know that maybe this isn't the best thing for you in the long run. It's not about just like forcing your way as a parent and really being kind of that authoritarian, Um, beating the child down and making them follow your rules and, you know, your, your guidelines or what you think is best kind of from that place that I think so often we try to come at ourselves with that same kind of authoritarian perspective. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's like when people are really coming at me or when I perceive that somebody's trying to control me in that way, I want to rebel. I want to fight back. And so 
I like to think of this as more like we're trying to be that loving, compassionate parent that really does have the best interest of ourself in mind. And so that's really where I want you to be looking at making these decisions from. So if you have been really kind of dieting for a while and you have like all the diet mindset, all of those thoughts and kind of that programming driving your behaviors around food, then it probably does have, there is probably some fear associated and it feels probably super terrifying to have to the foods that you crave, to really just allow yourself to have the foods that you crave. I know for myself, the more that I restricted something, it was like when I allowed myself to have it, the more sort of out of control I was around it. And as I kind of got into more of this non-diet approach around food where it's like, you know, I can have any food at any time and I took that restriction off, it's amazing at how much you're just able to kind of relax around food and know that I can have this and I can have as much of it as I want and it's okay, you know, like I can just stop eating and it just feels so much more natural, so much easier to do that now. So if you are really kind of coming from this place of like being super restrictive with food or really having a lot of food rules and feeling like you have to really control what you're eating, then it can be really scary, honestly, to just let yourself have the permission to eat whatever you want. But the truth is, is that if you're in the thick of dieting where your behavior around food is driven by fear or restriction or deprivation, and kind of the sense of struggle, then it's going to be a lot harder to implement what I'm gonna teach you today. So I just wanna let you know it's not impossible, but it might be smaller baby steps for you versus somebody who maybe isn't so restricted or doesn't have all the food rules that they're following, they might have a little bit of an easier time with this. So again, it just comes back to you knowing where you're at, being compassionate with yourself, being understanding, And just looking at this as a practice, right? It's not a pass fail. It's not like all or nothing. It's just, hey, this is something that I'm gonna chip away at. I'm gonna continually practice. So as you begin to practice this non-diet approach to your cravings, I promise you it's going to get easier. I am living proof of that. One of the first things I teach all of my clients is that there really aren't any good or bad foods. Despite what we hear in, you know, the media or with all the new diets or, you know, kind of just even the guise of like health coaching and wellness, we can kind of get this idea that there are good foods and there are bad foods. And we really start to create, again, that all or nothing thinking. And then that's where kind of it gets to be the slippery slope where we can maybe start to feel good or bad about ourselves depending on what we're eating. So I want you to just kind of play with the idea that there is really just food. You're not right or wrong for eating certain foods over others. You're not good or bad. And really the more that you can let go of some of maybe the food rules or that morality around food that you might have, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, you're gonna find this a lot easier as well. So I think a lot of us, we want, we really want food to be black and white. We really want to just know, like, tell me exactly what to eat, exactly how to work out. We kind of have this all or nothing thinking, like either tell me the foods that I can totally have, tell me the foods that I can't. But it's really is this mindset that kind of keeps us riding that diet cycle and that diet mindset over and over and over again. I mean, how many times have you told yourself that you're going to give up sweets or wine or chocolate or whatever that thing is for you, and you really go all in on that new declaration, right? 
only to start slipping up a few days or possibly even a few weeks into it, right? And then you just kind of figure out, well, what the heck? I might as well just forget about it because I've already quote unquote messed up. That was literally how I spent probably almost a decade. I would ride kind of that diet roller coaster over and over and over again, cutting out certain food groups, um, either tracking my macros or points or calories, almost religiously, just like really obsessing about it, obsessing about my weight, what my body looked like. And then I would maybe have the slip up because again, like I was coming from this place of deprivation, restriction, uh, really relying on my willpower that I would slip up because that would get depleted. And I would go all in, right? So I was all in kind of on this new diet or this new eating. And when the willpower ran out, I would then go all in on just kind of eating whatever the heck I wanted. But then at the end of it, I would just be beating myself up for it. Which if you think about it, that really started in the beginning, right? Because I'm kind of using that authoritarian perspective. I'm coming in as sort of that mean authoritarian parent kind of, you know, beating myself into submission, which that sounds like so harsh, I guess, but it was really that like, you know, nope, you have to follow this, you have to eat just like this, you have to do it, and really holding myself to kind of this unrealistic expectation of perfection. And so I was kind of already beating myself up before I had even slipped up. So of course, then when I slip up, when I make a mistake, when I can't do it perfectly, the outcome is me beating myself up for it again. And really, like I said, this would just kind of lead me to go for it. And then feeling really crappy afterward that I would almost go back into dieting or restricting or cutting out foods, like even more hardcore, right? And then really just being like, okay, you can't have you know, bread, or you can't have pasta or dessert, except on my quote unquote cheat day, which by the way, I really don't like that term. I kind of hate it because it implies again, that as long as we're dieting, or as long as we're, you know, following a meal plan, or we're doing it perfectly, then we're being good. But as soon as we're not, then it's like, you know, we're cheating, or we're doing something bad. And so if you're thinking that way, or if you're kind of still using that term, it's okay. I would just kind of invite you to sort of question, like, how does that make you feel when you're thinking about that or when you're doing that? And um, ultimately, like, does that behavior of just like completely binging on a cheat day or for a quote unquote cheat meal, like, does that actually serve you? And does that, I guess, just ultimately does that serve you? And does that help you really become the woman that you want to be? So it really wasn't until I started exploring intuitive eating and practicing more of non-diet nutrition that I found freedom from the cravings, freedom from this food prison that I have really created for myself. And now I want to walk you through just kind of my step-by-step plan so that you can start to implement these things depending on where you're at in your journey. You don't have to implement all of them. You can just kind of take these little bits and just maybe even you're, you're just getting curious about your behavior or your relationship with food. So the first step of this process really involves you mentally, emotionally, and physically allowing yourself to eat the food that you're craving. And I say mentally and emotionally because we can be eating the thing physically, but maybe mentally we're still kind of restricting or um, emotionally, you know, we're still kind of restricting and we're not really allowing ourselves to fully be present with the food that we're eating. So that is really what kind of produces that feeling of um, 
I'm eating this, but I really shouldn't be. And then maybe we start to feel guilty or we start to feel bad or we think, okay, crap, I've messed up. Now I have to like correct it and fix it. So it really does take all three, the mental, the emotional, and the physical to really connect to food, to exercise, and to our body. And I believe that that really is kind of a huge foundation for the non-diet approach. And so the more that we can start to bring in the physical, the mental, and the emotional, the quicker we're going to get results, but also like, I think the more complete those results are going to be, if that makes sense. So oftentimes when people are just satisfying that craving, they're doing it completely mindlessly, right? It's just almost as as if it's an act of rebellion, which the last time I checked, that's actually not serving them because they're rebelling against themselves, right? If we have these food rules or we have these things that we feel like we have to live by and then we rebel against it, we're not doing any damage or we're not hurting anybody except for ourselves. The next step is to really switch from this mindset of I can't have fill in the blank. I can't have chocolate. I can't have wine. I can't have cake to I'm choosing not to have whatever that is for you right now. And even just that subtle shift of I can't have this to I'm choosing not to have this or I don't want to have this right now or I'm going to wait for a minute and then check in and see if I still want it. Just that subtle shift of I can't have this to I'm choosing not to have this it really shifts the balance of power from, I can't have this, it feels very restrictive, it feels very, um, I guess just restrictive, right? Like to me when I'm like, oh, I can't have this or, oh, I can't do that, it doesn't feel good. Whereas if I'm like, hey, I can totally have whatever I want, I could go down and eat the bag of chips in my cupboard if I wanted to, but right now I'm choosing not to. And just let that kind of be that. So you can kind of play around with that shift as well. When you find yourself saying, I can't have this, see if you can notice and just kind of shift to, I'm choosing not to, and see how that feels in your body, just how that just resonates with you, maybe in a different way. The other thing that I see a lot of times is that when we just kind of go into satisfying a craving, we just kind of go on autopilot and we just go to town. So just really check in with yourself. When the craving hits, pause. Ask yourself what you might really be looking for in that minute instead. Is it actually that food that you're craving and that you want? Or is it something else? Maybe you're feeling a little tired or stressed. Maybe you just need a little fresh air or some movement for your body. Would a nap maybe do your body better in that moment or contacting a friend? So you can just do kind of this quick scan of your body and just really check in and ask yourself, how am I feeling emotionally? How am I feeling mentally? What physical sensations am I noticing in my body at that moment? Like really, what does your body feel like? Is it tired? Is it thirsty? Is it hungry? Is it sore? So really just kind of take a moment to pause and check in with yourself again, physically, mentally, and emotionally, I like to think of this as like a little speed bump moment. So if you're feeling triggered or you're having this craving or you're stressed and you want to go and kind of relieve the stress by eating something or drinking something, you can take one of these little speed bump moments and be like, okay, hold on. I can totally have this thing, but I'm going to choose to maybe wait for a few minutes. And just that little pause to check in with yourself can oftentimes be enough to help you really decide on purpose whether or whether not, whether or not (laughs) you want to satisfy that craving. So after you kind of check in with yourself, again, mentally, emotionally, physically, you want to decide intentionally and on purpose if you're going to actually have that craving, if you're going to have that thing that you're wanting or not. 
And again, this is where really just noticing your language and deciding how you're going to talk about that and how you're going to think about that matters so much. So when you find yourself deciding not to satisfy your craving and you tell yourself that you can't have it, again, just drop in. How does that feel for me? For me, it used to feel like I wanted it even more. And then I would just kind of sit there and obsess over the craving or over that thing that I was craving until I finally caved. But if you switch from I can't to I'm choosing not to, you've really just shifted again, putting you kind of in that place of power. And equally so, if you decide to eat the food, you're telling yourself that you're choosing to have the food right now and that it's okay. I know this seems like such a small thing, And you might actually be wondering if this is going to work for you. And I want to let you know that it absolutely does with practice consistently. So again, we kind of have to move out of that all or nothing thinking and really just approach this kind of playfully as a practice. And I think the more that we can kind of posture and take that position of a loving, caring, compassionate parent we're going to find that that's so much easier, right? Because it's so much easier than to really drop in check in with our bodies, see how we're feeling, see how we're feeling mentally or emotionally. But then it's also so much easier to get curious, right? Like if you think about a kid who is used to always being like nagged and harped on and yelled at, if you're asking them why they did something, a lot of times they clam up. We are the exact same way. If we are being too hard on ourselves, A lot of times when we go to ask and we're like, well, why did you do that? If it sounds accusatory, we get defensive, we shut down. Whereas if it's like, hmm, I wonder why I did that. Then that really opens up the floodgate for us to learn some things about us, to gain some different perspective and self-awareness that we can then use in the future. So as always with, I think, most of the non-diet approaches that I teach, it is super simple, but it is not always easy. Our habits and our behaviors are often deeply ingrained and almost undetectable. Like we don't even notice what we're doing until after we've done it. But just the practice of bringing awareness to this area is a huge first step. And the more that you practice, the quicker you'll become at noticing when you're eating mindlessly and with your brain essentially just kind of offline, or if you're actually choosing intentionally to eat to satisfy your craving on purpose, which I guarantee you the results are going to be radically different. I think it's important to mention that cravings aren't bad. Again, you're not bad for having them and you're not bad for answering them from time to time or or when you do. Overall, this really is just about you feeling like you have the upper hand in your relationship with food rather than being controlled by food. I don't want you to feel like you have to white knuckle your way through this or really depend on your willpower because again, we know that that doesn't last. It really is about being that caring grown up, making decisions about food or whatever that thing is for you that you crave often and you calling the shots and then supporting yourself with those shots from that compassionate and loving place. Over time, the cravings will get less and less and you're really going to be able to discern what cravings you want to satisfy and which ones you want to let slide and not answer to. Either way, I want you to feel like you can own your decision and then have your own back with that. So this week's homework for you is to really put this into practice. As your cravings kick in or as maybe you have like this habit that you've really been wanting to to change and to work on, I want you to take a moment to pause and then run through that quick body scan that we talked about. Decide on purpose whether or not you want to answer that craving or not. 
and try really shifting from this mindset or this way of thinking of I can't have fill in the blank, whatever that is for you, to I'm choosing not to have this right now. And that's okay. And really just see how those subtle little shifts help you when it comes to the food cravings or the habits that you're wanting to change, or even just that urge. In the beginning, it is going to feel like it takes so much work and so much effort and so much energy. And it will. Honestly, it's going to take a lot more in the beginning as you're aware of this and you're practicing this, but just like with anything that you're learning how to do, the more that you practice, the easier it becomes until it just kind of becomes natural and sort of second nature to you. All right. I hope that you found this episode this week helpful and useful. If you did, please be sure to share this with somebody. If you like what you're hearing on the show, go ahead and leave us a review. That helps get the show in front of more people. And if you have been listening for a while, or maybe this is your first time here, but you know that this is exactly the work that you need to be doing, that you want to be doing, and you are 100% ready to ditch the diet mentality around food so that you can create more freedom in your life, uh, less obsession, less time thinking about the scale, your body, food, all of those things, then I want to invite you to work with me. You can take that next step by emailing alicia at aliciacarlson.com or clicking on one of the social links below and shooting me a direct message there. We'll get a consult set up. And on that consult, we will walk through exactly what is going on for you, why you keep recreating the same results around food, around exercise, and you will have a clear picture of what it is that you need to be doing in order to create that healthier relationship to food. So if that is something that you want to get started on, go ahead and email me today. Let's get something set up. And until next week, have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon.